0: That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: The following message has been brought to you by Fairway Market. What's the buzz about honey? Well, those busy little bees are up to something and it is delicious. The Fairway label honey is superb. Fairway only hires worker bees that are the best at what they do. This makes for a great-tasting, high-quality honey at an amazing value with the Fairway stamp of approval. And on top of being delicious, honey is a great substitute for other sweeteners and can even benefit your health. This includes better energy, respiratory improvements, and balanced blood sugar levels. It's a no-brainer. Get your Fairway honey today.
2: All right, this is Let's Eat In. I'm your host, Kathy Irway, and this is Heritage Radio Network, brought to you by Fairway Market and also at Roberta's Pizza, where we are now on this gorgeous Monday in spring. Um all the leaves are green. There's herbs inside here for some reason today. And also inside here today is Mike Lee from the wonderful creative cooking collaborative supper club, would you categorize
3: it? Yeah, all of those. Okay. I'll take those. It's called those. Studio
2: Feast. Hello. Check out. Thanks so much, Mike. For yeah, being no, here. thank you for having me. Cool. So you come from an interesting background because um you grew up your family, the family business was a restaurant. Yeah. A Chinese restaurant in the Midwest, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah, right outside of
3: Detroit. Um, My uncles had one. My parents have one. And my grandparents no. had one. Oh, my so it was gosh. about three. And there was probably some random cousins that had two or three more. <laughs> so the great thing was, like, in high school, when you could, you know, drive around, and they were all in southeastern Michigan, I was never maybe more than ten miles away from a free meal, <laughs> which is awesome.
2: <laughs> that's a different way to experience restaurants. Uh, yeah, it yeah. is. It
3: is. Yeah, it was always, uh, uh, you just walk in, and auntie whoever will just throw mm-hmm. food at you. So no, yeah, that's no nice. Com- no complaints. <laughs> uh,
2: Shufan! Um, yeah. <laughs> So, exactly. <laughs> so, so, instead of uh, to maybe your family's dismay, I don't know, but um, you started this collaborative cooking supper club. I don't know what to call these things anymore. Uh, I don't either. Yeah, but and then last Sunday <laughs> you were involved <laughs> yes. in a very ambitious stunt that was pulled off, I think, very well.
3: Thank you. As it was were you. Yeah,
2: the, it was called the L train lunch, I guess. Yeah, I
3: think we're calling it NYC uh, dining car. Right now, and the video is up at nycdentecar But it
2: was also mentioned it, in the Times,
3: it, and it just front got and it just dining. hit the front page of BuzzFeed just like an hour ago. But So the videos are the video views are going. And
2: this happened a week ago.
3: This happened on Sunday, yeah, at one uh, thirty. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it was uh, Razor Shiny Knife uh, spearheaded the idea along with uh, Johnny Cigar and uh, From me. The Noble Rock? Yeah, yeah, and uh, me and the Studio Feast crew, um, you know, were were there kind of. Uh, helping with logistics and planning, which were considerable, and uh, we hmm. executed the main course.
2: I remember when Mike Serena, who should be here in a he few minutes, he's stuck sec-
3: in traffic. I think the L, uh, he, Yeah, he was on he the sh- L train. He should have. No, he's driving. He, he should have. Tell him to taken... stop
2: serving food on the L train. He should have. Get... He
3: should have taken the L train. It would have gotten here. Uh, <laughs> I know exactly on time.
2: Anyway, yeah, yeah. right now yeah. we learned that. But I so, know. so when Serena asked me, mm. told me about this whole thing, I was kind of, I was amused. I knew it would be pulled off to extremes I couldn't even imagine. I knew it was going to happen. Yeah. But I still couldn't wrap my head around. I was like, "Wait, what do you want? Do you want to serve what kind of food? How are you going <laughs> to keep it hot?" Yeah who's gonna what so what was your reaction mike
3: i was love i mean every we talk about ideas a lot and you know we throw around idea, i mean we all do within our own groups and with each other and and every now and then you get that one where you kind of just look at each other and say oh that's that's <laughs> a cool one that we should definitely do that um, and uh, yeah, i i really just love deconstructing the whole challenge of it honestly it, so it wasn't that we just loaded up a car with six horses' worth of food and we were just bringing it in from the next car over um, uh, that would have been easy, right? Right. Uh, we pasted out so every fourth or fifth stop or whatever had a different course. So, and we had no communication with each other because we didn't have walkie talkies yeah, or cell no phones. really. walkie um, talkies. There was a text message that was sent out early on to like let us know the train left, but you know we were all underground the by then, so it really didn't matter.
2: So uh, basically, to back up, the diners were told to come to this extravagant lunch, and they were led to the L train at Eighth Avenue, and. Um, Right when they got on, they were given these nice boards um, that were hung from the, I guess, the seat rafters. Yeah,
3: some, yeah.
2: And then they were served water. And then once they got to 6th Avenue, their first course was served um, by people who came onto the train uh, with these uh, platters. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that course was extravagant. Um, the second course, when they hit 3rd Avenue, um, another course was, Came on yeah. the train. So, all these elements of surprise. You don't know what's. I mean, I guess after the first course, you realize that the next train yeah. or the next stop, maybe you'll have another course. But it, all these people were totally surprised.
3: They, they didn't think it was. Um, the, the email that went out simply said something to the effect of, We're having a nice spring lunch. <laughs> That's it. And it was, you know, a uh, hundred bucks, but we refunded everybody's money. So,
2: and why did you do that?
3: If push came to shove, I think what we wanted to do, you know, say we got caught, we didn't want to really come off as, as being, we were uh, oh. making money off of something, you know, right. this stunt. So, Even
2: though, I know you served foie gras and beef, you know, it was expensive meal.
3: Uh, yeah, it was only for 12 so it wasn't yeah. terrible, but, yeah, I mean, yeah, it was...
2: But the labor it, <laughs> and the execution the,
3: yeah, could yeah. cost...
2: I mean, I don't know well, what that costs,
3: but... Yeah, I mean, for us, we, we always run on volunteers, right? Like, everybody that, you know, I work with and helps cook uh, with me is, you know, none of them are really chefs. You know, mm-hmm. uh, They all have other day jobs or whatever. So, you know, the volunteer aspect is always a big part of what we do. So when you tell someone you're doing this crazy event, I mean, you know, people want to volunteer. So right. we're very lucky that and, way.
2: Yeah, to that point, I've learned more cooking than probably any one human being from doing stuff with a razor shiny knife and with also my
3: studio feast
2: honestly I wanted to do it like it's not like you're forcing no (laughs) yeah for a
3: lot of I mean people have very different lives and they do very different things and this is kind of like a cool uh, it's it's just as you know, it's a little break, I guess.
2: Okay, so Mike, what did your family think of this whole thing?
3: They thought it was great. My mom actually still, I don't think she has any idea because she's traveling a business in Brazil right now, and mm-hmm. I emailed her the link. And I don't know. She, whenever she travels out there, she has like spotty Wi-Fi, so I don't actually think she has any idea. Um, <laughs> my aunts and uncles uh, I looked at it. My dad thought it was great. Um, they're they're really into it, actually. Despite me, actually, I've never worked a day in a restaurant, including theirs. <laughs> <laughs> they're okay with that.
2: So what do they think of studio Feast? Do they do they, they get it? Do yeah, they, they get yeah. it.
3: By now they do. At the very first, you know, year or so, they it was a little weird to uh, mm-hmm. you know, try to understand. they like, e- so explain, you're a chef,
2: you know. but
3: <laughs> well, no. And then now I have another day job outside of it, so they, they, they kind of just uh, they know it's just a passion project, mm-hmm. and they've kind of watched it uh, kind of spiral, um, you know, up. You know, do
2: they feel proud that maybe you've taken on some passion of theirs in yeah reinvented it
3: yeah exactly um they're yeah they're really into it I mean, um my grandfather's really into it because he in Hong Kong always threw big parties for people um you know he he didn't have a restaurant in Hong Kong he had a restaurant in Detroit um so when he was in Hong Kong, he always was I think he was the head of the Hong Kong Social Association for a little bit. Mm -hmm. So he was really always into getting people together over food and stuff like that. Banquets Um, and all that stuff. Yeah, my whole family has always been about that. So um, in that sense, this is kind of my flavor on it.
2: Yeah, I totally Uh, see that.
3: Yeah, yeah, it's different.
2: It's a different set of courses per meal. You never get the same thing, you know, Mm. and it's always a lavish uh, procession of many, many, many courses. So Yeah, uh,
3: yeah well, not always. I, actually, the thing that I really like is um, that because this is just kind of an ad hoc thing, mm-hmm. um, we can just reinvent the menus every single time to do whatever right. we want, you know?
2: Yeah, that's uh, what I kind of think of banquet dining in Chinese, like the harmonious meals or the... He, what do you call it? The, the, uh, China,
3: don't even... I don't <laughs> my Cantonese is absolutely yeah. horrible. Uh, okay. Are you Mandarin speaker or Cantonese? Yeah, You're Mandarin? Mandarin? Okay. I can't remember how, yeah. to,
2: how to say it. Anyway...
3: Very different. I, I, yeah.
2: I see some similarities there. It's like the big feast aspect rather than the everyday eating.
3: Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, you know, the central part of it for me is trying to get people together and create an interesting social experience. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my thing is you can – this is New York City, right? You can go to 60,000 different places and get the meal of your life. Uh, at all the that. restaurants, yeah. At, at the restaurants, too. And, yes, yeah, certainly we try to always be very ambitious with the food and have really great local, you know, high-quality food. But – you know, the other part that we can provide that I think a restaurant really can't sometimes is that interesting social experience. Right. I'm staring at all these people sitting here at Roberta's right now and they're kind of with who they're with. Mm -hmm. Um, Our thing is like, let's introduce all of these people together and, and kind of get them driving on different things. So yeah, that's, you know that's the the thing that we kind of prepare.
2: it's a communal shared experience
3: yeah which so. i guess you could draw the parallel of the chinese backwards right because it's the whole <laughs> metaphor of Except the lazy you're on a suit.
2: huge table that you can't see across the other side <laughs> yeah, of it's exactly. like a sea
3: exactly and there's a the lazy susan <laughs> exactly definitely i need Let's to do a dinner like that <laughs> i totally want to incorporate the lazy susan okay. in, a, in a way that has not been incorporated yeah, i don't know We'll, we'll think of we'll something. Have to build it. <laughs> we will have to build some motorized lazy season or something like that. Yeah, I'm I'm into it. I'm I'm, into, I'm it.
2: into it. Let's see it. It's a good engine. So, yeah. so when people say, "Oh, you know, Mike, you have such great food. Why don't you start? Why don't you open a restaurant? Why don't well, you?" Well,
3: it's part of that thing that I said before. Um, if you open any restaurant, you you have to have some semblance of consistency in yes. terms of format, price. Uh, Uh, Or do
2: you anymore with this, um, the next restaurant by Grant Ackett's?
3: So, yeah, that's an interesting question. I think that. that Or this other place called
2: What Happens When? Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. I mean, you're starting to see uh, that happen a little bit more. And I think that's great. If I did open a restaurant, it would probably be something like that. Mm-hmm. Where you can kind of reinvent it, you know. Daily
2: changing I, menus. You know,
3: I like the idea that like one day I can just do a giant crab boil, mm-hmm. and you know, d- d- and it's like fifty bucks <laughs> a piece. Yeah. And then the next day we can do, Chowder. you know, twenty <laughs> six course meals, you know, at like three hundred dollars a piece.
2: Michael J. Serino is in the house. Serino, get on right, the mic. You okay. How you doing?
3: Average. You uh, you were driving. You should have taken the L train in. It's very accurate. <laughs> That's good. Have
2: you guys been plummeted by since this uh, since the great reception? I don't know, great. What, what would you say your reception, the reception to the L Train dinner has been so, or lunch Huge. has been?
4: Great. Great. Can, okay. I, can, we, can, we, can we go with the great? Is that fine? Yeah, we can go with it's great. It's been great to awesome. Yeah.
2: Did you expect this much attention?
4: Kind of. Yeah. Yeah, You planned it. I don't know if we expected this much attention, but I think what we expected was that it was going to invoke a response from people. I think part of what we do is, you know, like we don't, and I don't know how far Mike got into this whole concept, but you know, our, our main focus here isn't to run a restaurant. That's Mm -hmm. just not in a restaurant. It's to create performance. And that performance is supposed to inspire people and evoke reaction. And I think if we use that as a barometer, then we've, wildly succeeded in this regard I think food does a fantastic job of being political even when it's trying to be whimsical and, and mm-hmm. comedic so by by that account you know we got a lot of political responses from something that was just whimsical and, and comedic
2: any bad well I saw some bad responses
5: well, uh, yeah you but you know that?
3: honestly i i,
4: don't mean, I, think, I wouldn't consider, I wouldn't bad, consider them yeah.
3: bad but i would consider it just the nature of the internet if you do something that gets a lot of attention you're just going to get those trolls
4: and mm-hmm. and again really like m- my opinion about the whole thing is is that if it causes a response then it's it's good <clears throat> performance mm-hmm. you know what i mean like only 12 people got to eat the food so no one's going to be able to comment on the food <laughs> only 45 50 people got to volunteer so there's very few people that can actually comment from a concept of understanding what the performance was like and what the concept was like mm-hmm.
2: and I can
4: yeah, and you can exactly, but at the end of the day what 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 's left is how it resonates and how it makes other people feel, mm-hmm. so I think that so I think what's what 's amazing about that is that it 's made people feel something, whether it be positive or negative, whether people be hyper concerned about you know the political correctness of serving that kind of food on a train or whether it be just the understanding that this was a a a community effort where a bunch of people got together to do something that was much more difficult than one person could possibly manage. It, I, I, either way, the fun bit is that it is re- causing responses and causing reactions, as opposed to just keeping people sedentary. And
2: that, watching that video that's now online, I definitely got the sense that it was this performance piece. It really, it really came together um, when you connected the dots between some, you know some people playing music in subways. Um, yeah. Yes, there's happened to be eating involved. And what do you think about that? I, I mean, it's it's interesting
3: how the food thing is so political, right? Because if somebody was playing a classical violin or something like that on the subway, are people going to moan about how, oh, you know, there's some people that can't afford to buy symphony tickets?
4: Yeah, I mean, like, the the number of performances that happen on subways in this city and other cities is astronomical. I mean, yeah. there's whole fashion shows that are dedicated to it. I mean, you can go back through in just the last 10 years, almost every fashion week has something that's on a subway. Mm -hmm. There's, there's whole entire performances of, of theater that are on subways. There's music every single day. There's dance every single day. I mean, this is just the fact that this was a performance. This was theater that had to do with food. It becomes very sensitive to people because food is evidently something people take very very close. And the
2: subway, the theater being a public venue is definitely a big player in a lot of these performances.
4: Exactly. So
2: speaking of music, uh, Mike picked out a song, uh, um, just to put on in the break while we while we freshen and powder our noses and uh, we'll be right back
1: This is a public service announcement from Heritage Radio Network. Every Tuesday at noon, Dave Arnold, the author of CookingIssues.com, will discuss new and innovative techniques, equipment, and ingredients. Call in with your own questions to see if Dave and the crew can solve your cooking issues. Again, that's Tuesdays at noon on the Heritage Radio Network.
2: All right. We're back on Let's Eat In. I'm Kathy Irway, and I'm joined today by Mike Lee of Studio Feast and Michael Serino of A Razor, A Shiny Knife. Um, that was just Crazy Train. And speaking of Crazy Trains, you can check out the video for the project we were just talking about at nycdiningcar.com.
4: Yep. And a thank thank you to RonanV.com for putting together the video so quickly. Excellent. And to all the, the video guys uh, and volunteers that were there, there was an amazing amount of uh, help and resources that were just volunteered to us and all those people uh were, we're very thankful for their their energies and their efforts to be able to make this all happen.
2: I just want to say one more thing cuz I know you paid back the diners mm-hmm. um, for their RSVP $100 and I know that like there was a lot of ingredients, you know, fancy ingredients, there's a lot of time put into this but how do you keep things going? I mean, is it just art for art's sake? You d- just don't make any profit usually or
4: Well, this was art for art's sake. Yeah. I mean, I think I think in a lot of different regards, you know, things balance themselves out, okay. you know, not all of our events, you know, we are free or, or for for, mm-hmm. for for charity or things like that, but it was critical for us to make this possible, to make it so that the 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 ticket price was really just a placeholder unless Mm -hmm. people pay for things they don't think it has value um but it was never going to be something we were going to charge money for from the beginning and it was never something that we wanted to donate the money for there was nothing we wanted to attach this to this was us performing for ourselves and part of our performance for ourselves was bringing in guests so that we could have them there as part of the Mm -hmm. meal yeah the idea of the guests actually having uh, a role or some part, sort of participatory uh, situation. Here. They're, they're really just another prop in the whole right. performance.
2: I love it. Some people ask, you know, how can you possibly do these things and work for free? But actually, if you're having fun for free, it's like, how much would it have costed if the four or five or, or maybe like, let's say eight people went out to Per Se and had dinner? I just, yeah, the, the, way more than of, this would have cost.
4: Yeah, I mean, and yeah. you also think about it like, you know, theater in general, like, you know, we, were really in, we really enjoyed the process of per- putting this together and creating this as a, as a piece you know like rock and roll bands have to rent rehearsal spaces and they have to practice two or three nights a week and then they have to buy all these mm-hmm. amplifiers and mm-hmm. strings and, I mean th- th- this is part of us trying to find our voice part of us trying to interact with each other as artists, part of us trying to create a larger and larger voice for what we do. Yeah. Um, and again, that's not just having a restaurant in somebody's home. Mm-hmm. There's nothing against you mm-hmm. having your friends mm-hmm. over for dinner every it's weekend. Different, though. Yeah, cooking a casserole or roasting turkeys yeah. or whatever you want to... It doesn't really matter. That's just not what we do. We're not here to just to do that we want to elevate the level mm-hmm. of execution of the food the level of execution of the theater and the service around that and we want to make it so that it's not a regular occurrence that this is not something yeah. that you can come to expect this is something that yeah. you come to expect to be inspired by or to be to and, be challenged and,
3: and, by. and one of the things that i mean i i subscribe to i mean i don't know if, if, if you think this way too but like i uh we always kind of make a sort of a big deal about saying we're not chefs we're not mm-hmm. professional chefs. Because I think, um, you know, there's this whole segment of, like, the Food Network kind of stuff where there's, like, the Rachel Rays of the world where I'm all for empowering regular old people to just be better in the kitchen and cook. My only disagreement is, like, the way that, like, someone like a Rachel Ray has done it is has been, like, I'm going to dumb down all the food and all of the ideas so that, like, everyone can consume them better. Uh, I like to kind of elevate everything and mm-hmm. just kind of prove that, hey, regular old, you know, Joe, like me... Um, can pull this stuff right. off It just takes For other people It just takes yeah. focus And some ambition and, and some planning And it's like You know Anyone can can Rise up Versus like Let's dumb everything down You know Right So I'd love to see Other people Just throw more ambitious Dinner parties You know Even just in their own home I gotta you know.
2: say I see it more and more That's good I'm gonna ask a question You're probably gonna hate then What do you make For yourself And uh, you know Just on an everyday Basis for your friends like in the regular dinner party tacos tacos uh, yeah, uh, yeah um, honestly
3: the stuff that when you have like four friends
4: over or whatever isn't or like a girlfriend
2: or something it's yeah. not too is far off good? from what
4: just yeah. other people do i mean honestly like i think really at the end of the day is I, I, from learning from all these great people that we've cooked with and stuff i just put more salt in food now <laughs> yeah me too I, my salt meter I mean, is so off yeah i some, some something about like cooking with chefs that are professional you can tell at restaurants there's always a little bit more butter and a little bit more salt yeah. in everything that you eat so i guess that's probably one of the one things it, that Yeah. I've...
2: So you wait your your salt radar is off meaning it's too high or
4: I'm it's... completely desensitized <laughs> to salt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: I just had to talk about this. It's really funny. <laughs> about the sodium level that chefs have. Anyway, um
4: Yeah, I mean I, I when I was at uh, I, when we were doing the uh Ackett's and Thomas Keller recreation stuff and I went to Alinea, we were making the the truffle uh, hot potato cold potato and the mm-hmm. cold truffle soup and I remember tasting it for the first time during prep at Alinea and I, I finished the recipe I brought it to Chef Baron, and he was just like yeah that's not salty enough oh. I'm just like oh all right we need and that was like there was four rounds of that's not salty enough until finally <laughs> wow. Andrew Graves was just like this needs to really like, be it's an exclamation point, yeah. yeah, to the whole thing. This needs to be flavorful. You're, exclamation you're, <clears throat> point to the whole thing. Yeah, that's and a good and, way of and, it. and then that's that's what you realize. But I mean, that doesn't necessarily just mean salt. It just means the extremity. Of the whole I remember
2: situation. that chilled potato soup being very nice and clean and fresh. And yeah, I was, can see that. Though yeah. I mean, you only have a little sip. You just want to go for that exclamation point. The smaller the
3: bite is, the the bigger the brighter flavor it has to be, or you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So okay, so tacos. What else?
3: (laughs) We (laughs) just we have a thing. We're gonna hate this. No, No, uh, uh, like big roasted things. I mean, you know, uh, pork
4: shoulders, pork butts. I mean, that's tacos, meats right there. Yeah. I like pasta because I'm Italian. Pasta. Yeah, what
2: would like you make for, too. say, say your girlfriend's coming back from from her work in Haiti? Well, that,
4: that, that's neat. We, we have taco parties. Every you time have a taco party? Yeah, they had a mean taco oh. party. Yeah, she, she's yeah. a big fan of tacos. And um, I I was actually <laughs> instrumental in getting her to, to switch over to eating a, a more diverse diet. Um, I remember
2: she was a vegetarian through, a long time ago.
4: Yeah, it was the, the duck mole tacos, which really kind <laughs> of oh, sold yeah. her. Yeah, There you go
2: so okay so what would you think would be the best thing that somebody else could serve you for a romantic date situation
4: serve me something salty i guess <laughs> back on the salty thing yeah I just be... throw
2: some salt yeah. i kind of like
4: i like i like prosciutto and malone oh. like uh very traditional like northern italian stuff just like really nice would you put salt on it Probably not. That's what the prosciutto's for. Yeah. I like, you know, uh, baking, honestly. I, I think my weak spot
3: is baking, so I always really appreciate it when someone has made a pie or a cake or uh bread or something like that. I'm really into that. Okay. So, So, the me.
2: ultimate date meal might be for you guys both. No. For you, tacos... <laughs>
4: I don't, know if that's a, I don't know if that's date meal <laughs> stuff I, I would definitely no. make that. I think date food has to be as less mess, as, as little of a really? mess as possible. Like you don't yeah. you don't order spaghetti on a date, or yeah,
3: yeah, buffalo wings is like the worst first date food you could ever have. That's unless, like a, unless it's like it's the middle of college or something like that. But well, even, even still, then, I think, yeah, come I mean, on, I mean that's like a ninth date food, probably right? There's like a sporting event. Well, here. you haven't seen me eat chicken wings.
4: It's not pretty. I'll walk away from that Okay, fair (laughs) enough. Fair (laughs) enough.
2: So you're thinking like kind of like clean, fine china, and like everything's very elegant. No, I would assume that the
4: food has to just be able to be eaten and not make you feel like you just had a ton of food. So I like, you know, soft soups, um, salads. uh, Smaller portions of food on dates is normally a great idea because you don't want to leave too full. Um, I mean, the idea there is that you're you're having a conversation more than anything over the food. So you want something that can be okay while it's cold. Um, Something that can inspire conversation and and something that has personal ownership to you so -hmm. that you can tell something about yourself through the food. So that when you sit down and you present the food, you're not just saying, Oh look, here's, you know, tuna casserole. You'd be like, this tuna casserole (laughs) means this to me. And I brought it to you because yeah. you mean this to me. And then it makes it a lot more. I like risotto because it's just interactive enough to kind of have
3: a conversation standing there over the pot. Mm-hmm. You can kind of just hang out for a little bit and like drink some wine. And uh, it, it's not technically that difficult. You're just kind of stirring. Mm-hmm. And, and you can
2: throw in your wine to it. You can uh, just
3: yeah, throw so in whatever. Yeah, so you can kind of like hand off the task of like... Yeah you know stir this for a little bit i'm gonna chop up some what have you good idea uh
4: so yeah risotto is always good and it's
3: like who doesn't like risotto it's like
4: i think i think what mike's really speaking of there is is who doesn't really like cooking together as opposed to being cooked for i mean i think i hear that a lot at the base of a lot of what we've done over the last couple years is to 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 separate this idea of being served food and preparing food Mm -hmm. um and being involved in both of those processes and i think that you know studio feast and razor shiny knife has really been trying to push this idea forward of what's possible for you to prepare with your friends mm-hmm. you know obviously not everybody has tanks of liquid nitrogen or the stuff that <laughs> you, you do all the modern cookery with but that same kind of concept can happen at such a high level you don't have to just stop at why don't we get together and make cookies or why don't we get together and and just make pasta i mean make the actual pasta from scratch and then have fun making the tomato sauce. Each have fun in the kitchen together and then when you sit down, enjoy your glass of wine. Whether you're on a date or with four or five friends, this way it gives you a little bit of satisfaction and ownership over the situation. Yeah,
2: That's definitely a key element for me too. I, I have to tell you though, it's really funny when a lot of men give me the answer about like, oh, you know, something light, something like a salad, something delicate that you don't get messy. And a lot of women say, oh, how about... We should, you know, like a lobster and we'll get all messy and, you know, just dive right in there and have spaghetti all over our faces and stuff like that. You're talking so.
4: about for first dates? Or
2: no, I did not. Speci- I didn't really specify that. It,
4: it really all
3: depends on honestly who it is and when it is as well. I mean, that, that's those are a lot of variables that I think can probably affect what you decide to cook. That's right? very true. Right. Like
4: first date, that's going to be a different meal than like 14th date. Yeah, I mean, lobster getting messed all over your, I mean, if we're in Maryland and you're going to like crab houses and stuff like that, there's a certain amount of enjoyment and kind of yeah. relaxed attitude towards all that stuff. But I mean, you just have to be <laughs> in that mood. I mean, I don't know if I'm going to want to be smashing crabs around my house. You know what I mean? Like I, I'd go, I, I would. I don't know. You would. But, yeah. I mean, this is also coming from a girl yeah. who, who didn't eat out in New York for two yeah, years. So. Well, yeah, <laughs> you know, we all have
2: our idiosyncrasies. Uh, so, um, speaking of which, what's next? Are you going to do the subway dining thing again? Is this? I know there's a site net devoted to it. Is that going to happen or no? No. Nah.
4: There's a what? What do you mean? Is,
2: are you going to do any of the subway lunches again?
4: No. No. I, I would. I would say not.
2: What are you going to do next, Mike Lee, for Studio Face?
3: Uh, we are a part of a Luck pot show tasting this Saturday oh, at Dumbo. Right. Uh we'll be there. That's sort of a more lightweight thing. We're part of a bunch of other people right. there, but it's just nice to kind of just get out in front of people I and say hello. Slide, Slide luck, luck pot, show. pot show. Yeah. Uh they're kinda they're they're cool. They they do these beautiful photo exhibits, um, and uh it's like An engineered as a mm-hmm. as a potluck for people, but they've broken out into doing separate tasting hours too where people are uh, properly preparing food. I love them.
2: how food is taking over so many other different cultural and artistic events. It's like there always has to be a food element. So, yeah, it's that's fun. food
3: plus blank. Food yeah. plus uh, fill in blank. But no, slide luck is. Yeah, yeah, as it should be. Um, yeah. So, that's sort of a lightweight thing. And then um, we have a number of bigger things coming out this summer that we'll probably Keep announce very stay soon. Stay
2: tuned. Go to studiofeast.com. Yep. And what about you, Mike? Michael?
4: Uh, right now, we are focusing on. Uh, Danielle is actually in Colombia right now. Uh, they're o- we're opening up a new pizzeria called uh, Julieta in uh-huh. Bogota. Uh, so, um, we're in the process of just finishing that, um, which wonderful. is which is named after Danielle's mother. Uh, once that's all up together, we have a series of events, but most of them start in July and August. So we're we're probably going to just polish off the details on those before we start talking about them. Excellent.
2: So Summer's, check out a razor a razor, shiny knife.com for those.
4: And and from the the I guess what the website that we built is going to be more focused on video content from the actual mm-hmm. events. Uh, a lot of what we're trying to do with Razor, a Shiny Knife, and Studio Feast and everybody that we work with is create a platform for um, a type of entertainment that doesn't happen at the actual events. Right. What we've really done a great job over the last couple years is growing um, as entertainment at the events and getting the guests to have... Hands on interactions Having the people But, but what, what that leaves out Is it leaves out The people that can Actually go Our mm-hmm. events are small They're for 15 to 30 mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. And if you think From there's thousands Of people on our mailing lists That want to come mm-hmm. um, That's There's like
2: a So like, we're sharing it Yeah It's so, like so the idea here As is, an inspiration yes. For many
4: So the idea here is Is that the videos That we create And the photos And the, the, the words Will now have a, a Larger voice And a larger vocabulary That can actually explain The inspiration. I like and that stuff. Hopefully yeah
2: Cool Can't wait to see more Right. well thanks so much for guys for coming on air And uh, look forward to eating and cooking with you next Thank you I'm your host Kathy Arway and this is Heritage Thanks to Jack Inslee and everyone else here
1: Thanks for listening to this program on the Heritage Radio Network you can find all of our archive programs on heritageradionetwork.com, as well as a schedule of upcoming live shows. You can also podcast all of our programs on iTunes by searching Heritage Radio Network in the iTunes store. You can find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for up-to-date news and information. Thanks for listening.
3: I gotta stand You know I'm
1: Now here's some behind the scenes food news with Katie Kiefer.
5: On MeetingPlace.com this week, uh, Lisa M. Keefe, one of their principal writers, published the following article about the USDA's child nutrition program. She reports that on Tuesday, the USDA began implementing new rules that are intended to put more locally grown agricultural products on school children's plates. Part of the Healthy Hunger Free Kids Act of 2010, which was signed by President Obama in December, the rules allow schools and other providers to quote, give preference to unprocessed, locally grown, and locally raised agricultural products when buying food for the national school lunch, school breakfast, special milk, child and adult care, fresh fruit and vegetable, and summer food service programs. Quote, this rule is an important milestone that will help ensure that our children have access to fresh produce and other agricultural products, said Agriculture Undersecretary Kevin Concannon in a news release. It will also give a much-needed boost to local farmers and agricultural producers. This is Katie Kiefer for Behind the Scenes Food News.
1: Did you know we have a beer show? Check out a small clip from Beer Sessions Radio. All right. Welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on Heritage Radio Network. I'm Jimmy Carboni from Jimmy's number 43, and I'm here with Ray Dieter from the DBA Bars. Hey, Jim. Ray, this is a fun show. We're drinking Belgian beer. We're drinking Ictogum, hanging out with the guys from the 124 Rabbit Club. we got got uh, Don and Wendy from Van the Wolf. Well, let's go back a little bit to, to kind of build your pedigree. So the two, of the two of your top brands that we love and that you have now, Scaldis and saison DuPont. Yeah, Tell us uh, how you met those guys, how you started working with them.
5: Well, saison DuPont was really... that. Was if you
1: cool. want to hear more, head over to Heritage Radio Network.com where new episodes of Beer Sessions are posted every week in our archive. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and iTunes. The following is a message from Heritage Foods USA. In the next few weeks, Heritage Foods USA will be offering an interesting variety of amazing products, ranging from top-quality seafood to their famous pork cuts. At the end of May, the Heritage team will go up to Maine to harvest fresh lobster with sustainable lobstermen. These delicious lobster are a perfect way to kick off the summer season. In the pork department, Heritage Foods USA will offer the maple-cured, smoked, boneless Heritage ham at an unbeatable price. This offer won't last long, so get them while you can. Place your order today at HeritageFoodsUSA.com or call 718-389-0985. That's 718-389-0985 to place your order with Andrea or Ashley. Don't forget to sign up for the email list and to check them on Facebook and Twitter to get in on their new products, deals, and offers from Heritage Foods USA.